Welcome to this podcast produced for Business Lincolnshire as part of the Fit for Business programme. I'm Guy Lewis and we're joined today by David Knight from PECT. Hi David, how are you? Hi Guy, yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me back. No, it's good. We looked last time we met at Net Zero. What are we, what are we discussing today? So today what I thought we'd look at is, uh, you know, the term carbon footprint. Okay. What, what that actually means. And I guess for most organizations, what it is you need to actually get that. Because the start of the journey is just taking stock of what you have already. Uh, and the key is to start thinking about what information you actually have available for you. Um, how to pull it together. And then actually, once I have that information, how do I then make it a carbon footprint? What does that actually mean? And what does that process look like? So I just wanted to go through the steps. Okay. So, so what that. you're saying is businesses probably have a lot of information that they don't know they have. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is start of, well, where do you start to get that information you've got and, and put it where you need to put it to, to track what uh, the, the sort of carbon footprint is about? Yes, exactly that. Yeah. Okay. So over to you. Brilliant. Thank you. So, the first thing is the, the carbon footprint and the reason why it's important to, to, to understand this. So mm-hmm. as we talked about last week, and just to recap on that, so the carbon footprint is a measure of the amount of carbon emissions we put through the activity and service that we do. Now, for most businesses, the biggest, shall we say, element to that mm-hmm. would be anything that uses fuel. So electricity, okay. heating, travel, that sort of thing. The other side of that is for most businesses, this is where our costs sit. So our energy bills that we get will have the cost, which is obviously what businesses mm-hmm. look at, but also has the amount of energy that we're consuming. So for most businesses, the best place to start is with the information you have. Mm-hmm. So that would be looking at your electricity bills, looking at your gas bills, looking at your travel, your mileage claims, or how much you travel, that sort of thing. So the reason why the carbon footprint is important is because one, it helps us to you know measure how much emissions mm-hmm. we have. But it also helps us to think about, well, what of those sources, so our electricity, our gas, our travel, where are actually the biggest elements to that? So essentially, which part of those or which of those um, resources uh, are actually contributing the most to our carbon emissions? Once we know where the priority is, it then allows us to actually then focus where we put our activities. So if we want to make efficiencies, you know, understanding actually which is the biggest part, so whether travel makes up the most of it or energy makes up the most of it, if you know where your priority is, that's where you focus first. Okay. So the idea would be to make simple changes to those priority areas to then make the biggest reductions in your carbon footprint. Okay. So, so for I, I get for me as an example, uh, I've I, I I work all over the place. I've got I haven't got an office, so that's never going to be my first point. My first point is probably my travel cost. My my travel is the biggest element for my as a business. So I look at that and that's my first focus. It, it is, yeah. So we have this with organizations and you know, there'll be some that work in offices, some work in shared accommodations, some work at home. So there's going to be a varied mm-hmm. mixture in terms of what data you have available to okay. you. Um, but yeah, the main thing is to start simple. What What is it that I can actually look at and what can I actually measure? Um, so for example, for yourself, yeah, absolutely travel. So think about how many miles you travel, record the number of miles that you're mm-hmm. traveling. Which I do for tax purposes. E- so. Exactly that, yeah. So so we all we all have mileage claims we have to make, whether we do it to the business or whether we do it for, for exactly as you said, for, for tax purposes. But the next thing is to think about, well, why am I traveling to these places? Mm-hmm. So yes, there are going to be reasons why you have to travel. And sometimes it's not going to be possible to not travel, but could you've got a train? Could you have taken public transport? You know, sometimes we travel because the car is the most easiest, convenient way. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the most effective way. So you could have taken a train. You could have gone through other methods. You could have done the meeting virtually. So just actually thinking about the reasons why against the data that you're measuring helps you then to identify where those opportunities exist to, to, to make improvements. 
Just as, just an aside, David, it has the sort of um, the pandemic, the COVID nineteen pandemic, and people returning to work or not returning to work, or you know, different ways of working. Is that had a, a significant impact? It, it has in a number of ways. So. The biggest impact, obviously, I think we, we saw and, and everyone uh, realized during COVID was with less cars on the road. Okay. That was a huge thing. So far less travel, far less cars on the road. And you almost saw nature bounce back from it. It was, it was quite astonishing. Um, as we now go back to a hybrid type working where, you know, we may work from home, we may work in offices and this ability for us to, to do that more. So from a carbon perspective, the travel industry makes up one of the largest so we say carbon sources for the UK. Okay. So the fact that we're not traveling as much now with hybrid actually has a very good impact for, for the UK in terms of its climate, uh, climate impact in the carbon emissions. As we've gone back to work now and going back into it, that travel's obviously picking up and we'll see it every time we go mm -hmm. on a road, it's getting busier again, we're stuck in travel, traffic again. But it's really important to think about, well, actually, do I have to, now that we have these homeworking abilities and we, we don't actually have to travel and Zoom and Teams and all these other electronic sources are almost readily available to us and work, that's, that's mm -hmm. the best thing that actually work, is we don't always now need to travel. I think in the past it was so, oh, I need to go see someone, I'll go drive and see them. So it is almost reframing it because if you're not in the car, one, you're not spending money on the fuel, and two, the carbon impact that you have, the reductions in that is, is, is definitely a, a bonus. On what we're talking about today in terms of data capture, it does make it slightly more complicated because okay. you can't separate out your home energy from your work energy. However, what I would rephrase that is, if you make improvements to your home, you now save cost on your home energy bills and you're also making cost savings on your work energy bills. Yeah, so yeah. actually doing the same exercise, even if it's your home, even if it's a home working, and actually looking at it in the same guise you would for your business, as we discuss organizations to do, uh, will still benefit you. And in fact, if anything, it'll benefit you better because now you're saving your home bills as well as yeah, yeah. what you're doing with work as well. Okay. Well, that, that, that seems to make a, a lot of sense. Um, I, was, I was then thinking um, we, 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 we capture what we what we use mm -hmm. so whether it's miles whether it's um energy kilowatt hours or something like that is, is there anything to do with our, our supply chain the the things we're using the the materials and stuff like that is that something or oh, we're getting way too advanced there uh yes and no i guess um so for those starting out start with the basics start with the information you have once you have that information exactly that the next step is to think about well what else can i measure Okay. So the first thing to think about for most organizations, we all produce waste. Okay. Yeah. Everything we do produces waste. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, the, the, the I guess the, the legacy of humans. Um, but yeah, so, so as we all produce waste, that would be a very good place to start looking at next. How much waste do you produce? What kind of waste do you produce? How, is it recycled? Does it go to landfill? Those sort of things. So that's a good place to look at next. Then start to think about water, like, you know, how much water you're consuming? Why do you use water? That sort of stuff. In terms of the supply chain, this first place to look at is what is it that you buy in directly that is easily recorded and, and measured. So okay. again, this will depend on the organization, but for example, in an office, paper. Most yeah, offices yeah. will consume exorbitant amounts of paper. So that's a good place to start looking. Uh, so pick simple, I think is what you're saying. Exactly I mean, I like that. that. Yeah. So energy, travel, and then waste is, is something that could be office waste, just simple, like you say, you know, the things we all bring to work that are packaged or whatever, that, that they're being sorted and recycled. That's something that, that, that's quite achievable, isn't it? Exactly that, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, if it is 
if you identify it and say, well, actually, that's something we do, but we don't quite have the data yet. The, the good thing is, okay, well, what is it that you need to get that data? Do you need to speak to your waste collector? Do you, you know, need to put simple measures in, 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 in either the office or at home that can allow you to, 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 to measure that waste and track it more, more mm -hmm. importantly? So even if you can't necessarily measure it now, by recognizing it and identifying something you need to measure later, you can start to put in, well, what is it I need to do? How can I make it better? What, what changes can I make? And you can actually put in those measurement systems to eventually start to capture that data. So, so start recycling. Anyway. Which is a standard <laughs> message, whether it's home or at work. Yes. If you're not doing it, start doing it. Absolutely. Forget about the measurement, just start doing it. And I suppose on the purchasing side, if something says it's recyclable and that's not an option, then go for that as well. Yes. I mean, in, sim in simple terms. It, it, it is, yeah. So from a purchasing point of view, first thing to do is what am I buying? So actually look at your purchases. Uh, and see what it is you're, you're, you're buying in, um, where you can identify easy measures, then do that. And then also, as I said before, once you see what you're actually buying in, you can start to make those choices. So, you know, if you are buying in paper, make sure it's recycled paper. Um, you know, it has a much uh, lower carbon emission than virgin paper or, or freshly made paper. And, and recycled paper now works just as well as any other paper. Um, also think about, well, what kind of materials am I buying in? Are they repairable? Are they reusable? Are they mm -hmm. single use? And as yeah. much as possible, just avoid single use as, as, you know, wherever you can because yeah. waste is a massive problem for the UK, uh, and, and even on a carbon point of view, but also from an environmental perspective. So think about, well, how can I change what I'm buying to something that's reusable or repairable so that I don't have to keep buying it? Because again, from a cost perspective, if I'm buying something just to throw it away, that's a cost. So buy yeah. something you can use again and again, it helps save on costs. It comes down to efficiencies again, Absolutely, it? yeah. My name is Guy Lewis, and you're with myself and David Knight discussing carbon footprint. So we've, we've looked at the carbon footprint. We've looked at how to capture some of that information from stuff that's widely available to your business. Yeah. And, you know, if you get an energy bill, make a note of it, kilowatt hours. So I've got, I, I know what I'm doing. As a business, you're going to try and reduce that. So there's some of your action, if that's where we talked a bit about waste. What's next? So the next thing is then to actually then convert that information into a carbon footprint. So mm -hmm. in order to do that, what you need is an annual amount. So you need to know how much energy they used for that year, uh, how much gas have I used, how many miles have I traveled, how much waste have I produced? So... Once you've gotten at least 12 months worth or a full year's worth of, of data, mm -hmm. um, the next step then would be to convert it into a carbon footprint. So the key thing with this is that there's two ways in which you can do that. The simpler way, which is what we're going to talk about first, we like the, more <laughs> the more complicated way, which is what I would generally suggest to businesses to think about in the future. So yeah, yeah. the simpler way is there are a range of online carbon calculators. All right. That are available free of charge for, for most organizations. Give, give us a couple of examples. Uh, so, so Carbon Trust, they, they, they produce, a, they have an online calculator. If you go onto the Carbon Trust website, they have a calculator. You put the information in there and it will throw out a carbon footprint for you. The thing I like about the Carbon Trust one is it actually benchmarks as well. So it'll even ask you what type of business you are. Oh, right. And will actually tell you where you sit within that sector whether you're so above you, you or you sort below. of get a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It's sort of, yes. And it also has, the, the Carbon Trust is very good in terms of guides. So if there's, you know, if your electricity is quite high for your sector, as an yeah, example, yeah. There's, it'll actually give you electricity guides and things to think about as well. Um, so that, that's a good one. And I, I usually suggest for an online version to, to look at that. Um, the other one that we've we've used uh, or certainly have looked at a few times uh, is called carbonfootprint.com. So they, they have an online calculator as well. Um, it's, 
it, again, very simple. It just asks for information. You throw the information in and it throws out a carbon footprint for you. Okay. So for businesses, you just want to understand what their carbon footprint is. These are great sources for that because it allows you just to very simply, you just insert your total annual value. Okay. It, it even tells you what, what you need to record as well. So have a look at it, see what kind of information you need. So at least then you know what you, you need to input when, when you get around and to it. You said a yearly figure. It doesn't matter if I do January, January or April, April. Basically, what fits your business? So if, if yeah. your year end is July yeah. and that's when all your figures come together, that's what you pick. So, so it, just whatever year fits with your own measurements or accounting or whatever. Yeah, the, the the most important thing is to be consistent. Okay. Um, but what we always talk about whenever we do carbon footprinting is to use the year for which most of the information sits within. So if your tax year is 1920, then you'd use 2019 because nine months of that year was in 2019 and only three months was in 2020. Uh, okay. The, the benefit being is that the actual carbon values don't come out until May anyway. So Technically, whenever you enter the valley, whichever year you put, it'll always be using the latest factors anyway. So okay. again, you don't need to worry about that. The online calculator will manage all of that for you. It'll even ask you what year you're entering it for, and it will do all of the calculations for you. And that, that's why it's simplest, because it, it literally does all the hard work for you. All you have to do is throw data into it, and it will give you information off the back of that. So at least then you know what your yearly carbon footprint is. And that's in tons is it or grams or something <laughs> yeah so it, it's um business size will determine but for most businesses yeah it's measured in tons tons of carbon dioxide if you do if you went to an individual like a, a household of four what would that what would be a typical is that still in tons are we that big as an individual or as a family unit or something of like that form just possibly, trying to possibly i mean you put me on the spot here, don't think. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Unless you looked at the carbon calculation for that, to be honest with you. But I think just in terms of value, so, I mean, the average household, what we're we talking, 4, 12. I did, I did throw a curveball in here. Yeah, it would, st it would still be tons. I mean, you'd okay. probably only be looking at maybe one or two tons. So nothing It just gives a ball. That's brilliant. So yeah. as, a, as a family, you're expecting one to two tons per year. Gives you an idea. Yeah, uh, And then as a business, if you're doing, you know, hundreds of tons you, you you you've got an idea of the impact your business is having over and above no definitely and i think also size of business is important and, and that's why i like the carbon trust because it does have that benchmarking so you know if you are a smaller business you know it, at least it means that when you compare you will compare you like for like okay and i guess calculating this carbon footprint is twofold reason mm -hmm. one is you then know yeah. what your business is and you know what you you've got some ideas of what you might need to do mm -hmm. but i guess there's a bigger thing to that is there's something being that this information is being collated What's the use for that? What's what's why is that? Okay, so there's there's two benefits that it has for you as a business. Um, the first one, so one of the reasons why I guess this conversation is really being pushed out is because there are a lot of suppliers now who are now asking for this. Okay, do you have your carbon footprint? Or we're interested in knowing what your carbon footprint will be in X number of years, depending on where you sit within that. So, actually, already having that value. So, should you ever be asked for that? Here you go. I already have that value. If you're looking to tender, particularly in the public sector, it's a huge demand now within any public sector or anybody who wants to work with public sector, you must be able to produce your carbon footprint. So there are opportunities for businesses who perhaps want to either move into different supply chains or work with different suppliers or look to tender to have that data readily available. So if you are asked that question, you have that data there. The second side to it, so from a business perspective, if you know... So you calculate your carbon footprint and it'll be made up of all these different mm. you know, measurements. What it will then do is it'll then score those measurements in terms of weight. So which of these resources or measurements mm. make up the most of that carbon footprint? So if you then want to you know, 
improve your carbon emissions and make reductions, it highlights which of the areas are your priority focus. So as I say to businesses, you can't fight everything at once. Yeah, yeah. You need to prioritize. And that's what the carbon footprint tells you. It shows you, well, this is your biggest source of emission, you know, in terms of carbon. That's the area that you need to look at first. Make the efficiencies in that area first. And once you've got that and done that, you run a carbon footprint again, that scale will change. You'll have a new weighting. Mm -hmm. That's the next one to prioritize as well. So the carbon footprint actually gives you useful information to know where to put your energy. Because um, let's face it, we don't have time to do most things. So actually refining where and when to spend that time and actually having usable information that allows you to target your time is far more better for an organization than just trying to tackle everything. Okay. And again, that's probably a link back to costs, isn't it? Because that, that always seems to... So if you, every time you try and save on your carbon footprint... You're hoping that's a saving up to the business for on cost. Absolutely. And it will be because carbon emissions are measured by the amounts that we use. So if you use less, carbon yeah. emissions are less. So it's always tied into that. You know, we, we talk to businesses, reframe the question, look at it from business cost. If that's your driver, great. What is it that will save me money? The carbon footprint actually shows you where those resources are and allows you to then target those activities to make cost savings for the business and then carbon reductions as well. Oh, great. David, thanks for joining me today. I've, I've learned quite a lot today, so it's good. <laughs> and I look forward to our, our next session together. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Cheers. You've been listening to a Business Lincolnshire podcast. Look out for the next episode. If you're listening on the Business Lincolnshire YouTube channel, don't forget to give us a thumbs up or subscribe down below. If you're on your favourite podcast platform, then remember to follow the show. More information at businesslincolnshire.com.